Welcome everybody to Terror and Tacos. I'm Christy. I'm Michael. And today we have a super special guest. Our guest is... Ian Ferguson. Ian Ferguson. Woo! Woo and he's here to uh, talk to us a little bit about why he liked Hereditary. <laughs> and also what Mike and I are calling, what are we calling it? Protestant horror. Protestant horror. Yeah, but before we talk about uh, what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about these tacos because this is terror and, and tacos. tacos. And today we went to a place, I went to a new place called um, El Atoron. Uh, taqueria y torteria Mexico City style. And if you live in Dallas, there's three locations, but the one I went to is on Columbia Street. And I am having just a straight up beefsteak street taco, double corn tortilla with some lime, cilantro, and onion with the salsa verde, which is not as spicy as the other salsa, but it's delicious. What are you having, Ian? Um... I had uh, one with chicken, street taco with chicken, with all the other same ingredients you listed, and one with brisket. And you risked the hot, you, you I went did, spicy. I went spicy. How did it go? It was great. I, I was not, uh, I was unfazed by the spiciness. Man. My, I, I've, I've always eaten very spicy food. When I was a baby, my dad kind of like thought it was going to be funny and gave me some, and my mom was like, don't give me that. And, like, and it panned out. More, more. Yeah. Nice. I, liked it. What did I you had have? chicken and beef. They're great. No. Um, does the name of that place, does that mean something? Well, it means nothing. Um, I mean, or is it a, is it a proper noun, or is, does it mean? It's weird because um, atoron is is um, it's like a a slangified version of of something else. So atorar means to get stuck. Okay. Right? So el atoron is like the big stuck. Okay. And I don't quite know how it relates to the tacos. To tacos, but <clears throat> it does say Mexico City style. So atoron may be a thing in Mexico, in Mexico City, City. Huh. that is not a thing in South in Texas. South Texas. <clears throat> okay. Uh, and so, but I'm I'm gonna try and find out. Um, yeah, el atoron, taqueria y torteria, Mexico City style. I also bought a torta for my husband that is the size of a small house. Yeah, it is the size of a small house. Also, real quick, I think it. I just thought of this. I don't know. We're talking about food. Mm -hmm. You guys are from, sorry, y'all no. are from essentially <laughs> opposite ends of the state. Uh, and oh. for uh, Ian is from Amarillo in the panhandle uh -huh. of Texas. Amarillo of Amarillo by morning fame. Yes. Thank <laughs> you, George. So for those. And I'm from Laredo, streets of Laredo fame. For people who do not live in Texas or especially people who live in the Northeast, uh, like my family, and have no concept of the size of this state, uh, how far do you think y'all grew up? Is that like 10 hours? No, it's more than that. More than that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, we're, in the, we're in the upper middle of the panhandle. Yeah. So when I go home to Laredo from <clears throat> Dallas, it's about, I mean, it, you know. If John Flores is driving, it takes about eight hours. Okay. Uh, if I'm driving, it takes maybe like seven okay. and a half. Yeah. Um, and then from here to Amarillo, Ian, is what? Five and a half. So hours. we're talking 12, 13, yeah. like 14 hours. 14 hours. And Laredo is not even the most southern, southern tip yeah, of, right. this, of the state. So, so if you were going from the tip of the panhandle to the tip of South Texas, of South Texas it would probably take you close to a day. Right. And mm -hmm. so, on the East Coast, you could go through 47 different states, or however mm -hmm. many there are. In college, we would go to South Padre, and that was that was a solid, I don't know, 18 hours or something. Man, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It, was, it was nuts. Yeah, yeah. Sweet kegs? 
Padre style. <laughs> no, we were at, we actually went with the with the Baptist student ministry where we were given oh. out free rides. This so is so no, perfect. No, <laughs> you were given out no, free rides. No sweet kegs. I shouldn't laugh. No, no sweet kegs we of were, either kind. Sweet kegs. We did we did uh, uh, pancake breakfasts. For for, for the, for the yeah, drunk so it, was, it was just no free rides. Free, no, free rides. No, no so was it a form of ministry? Yeah, but it, what was actually... Here's the thing. The, the guy that runs it, I actually really respect him. And no, he, his, like his, his cool approach thing. was that he, he did not push that. A lot of times people would ask questions, and he's like, well, if you want to have a conversation about it, sure, let's, 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 let's like, talk shop. We're going to make sure but drunk we were, don't we drive were, home. That was it. That's a really good thing. That's actually 15 passenger vans, call the number, we will get you, we'll take you anywhere. Not just take you home, we'll take you to the next party. It's, it's wow. whatever you need. All right. Wow. Um, so that, it's like a nice little segue. Um, <laughs> that is. Um, yeah, I want to talk about this taqueria later. Not right. right now. Uh, Ian... For those of you who don't know, you will know. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian is a, a is an actor, writer, musician, composer, all around handsome person, <laughs> um, and also a lover of movies. But uh, one of the reasons, other than just wanting to hang out with you, uh, Christy and I have come to realize that we have a very strong Catholic bias um, when it comes to a lot of things in life, right? Uh, and also specifically movies, horror movies. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to bring you in because we know you were like us, raised religiously, yeah, but in a in in a very different uh, tradition. Tradition. And so we have we watched the Last Exorcist, um, and then exorcism. Ex- exorcism. I'm sorry, the Last Exorcism. I'm terrible. Uh, and then also Children of the Corn, and then we want to talk about Hereditary, which is its own different thing. Right. Uh, and really just had questions, a lot of different questions. So I guess to kick things off, we were so affected by being raised Catholic. Um, it had such an effect on what horror things like frighten us when we were kids, frighten us when we were kids. Was... Were you afraid of your religion? I guess is my of, question. Of, of course. So here... I. With horror movies that are based, have a religious basis for, for their plot, um, I think it, it tends to be like this biz, the bizarro version of whatever religion you're looking at is what the, the evil is, right? Right. Those, those two worlds. So when I see ones that are, are rooted in Catholicism, uh, Catholicism has so much ritual and, um, you know, the the way things are, the way people are brought up, the way they learn mm-hmm. as children, and then... Even masses. Masses, yeah, it's, it's, it's a prescribed kind of way of going through faith. Right. right. Um, and you also, people take part in their own salvation, right? Like, mm-hmm. you do things, and that is part of you attaining and maintaining salvation. Right. With Protestant upbringing, I was, I was raised Baptist... Um, it is not that. Not that there aren't, like, traditions, but it is not ritualistic. Right. Um, so... The, the, I mean, the, the... So, okay. So, not ritualistic in that, you know, like, Catholics have the seven sacraments, and that at, at a certain points during your time, you have to, you know... Do certain things. Do certain things. And then even each week, we have call and response. Right, Mass have, is basically the same every week with, like, the right. priest... You go to confession if yeah. you want to take communion and all that kind of stuff. So there's none of that. No. They would have there were communion services that would happen like two or three times a year. Okay. It should be like a thirty minute service that was just around communion. But weekly communion not, was a, not thing. a thing. And you would get like we get obviously we got christened or baptized when we were babies, mm-hmm. which is why 
godparents are so such Important. a huge thing in Catholicism because your godmother or godfather speaks for you, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. basically renounces Satan. I mean, literally renounces Satan yeah. on, your on your behalf. Like, the relationship of the godparents is very, very important. I mean, I don't know how it is for Italians. No, but, no, I absolutely... We for, have a movie. Yeah. For us, it's like, no, it's true. It's, if, if, if something happens to your parents, that then seems, your godparents yeah, become your right, parents. Right, right, okay. So, even that... So, I guess one thing that has always interested me... I like that we're just diving into religion. That has interested in me is... Uh, in, Protestantism is that I assume you all get baptized later. Is, is that your decision? Is that something you decide when it happens, yeah, or is so, it like you're 12, dude? Nope. You got to do this thing. <clears throat> no, baptism is not a a thing to do at an age or a time or a choice per se. You do have a choice, but it strictly goes with the your salvation. Okay. At whatever age that is. When you believe you are... When you have, when you have accepted... Christ. Christ. Okay. Uh-huh. As you're so, so this is kind of where I'm going with, with the horror aspect of mm-hmm. it as well. So with, with the Catholic horror, you have the, the ritualistic kind of basis, and I think then the horror also has a ritual to it. There's right. a ritualistic way to combat it. Yes. Right. So I think what happens with uh, Protestant horror is that because... The, on the on the religious and salvation is extremely personal. Mm-hmm. You can't earn it at all. You can only accept it. Okay, it's accepting it as truth, and that's it. You don't do anything to get salvation except say that it is true. Oh, that's super oh, bold. That's crazy. So and- now the the. So then the flip side of that is, and on the horror aspect, that means the horror is extremely personal, right? As opposed and to you don't have the control. And you don't have built-in rituals to combat it. It's just kind of wild, all and, wild west. And so then, okay. if it's all wild west, and, and it, the way you get saved is by saying, it's true that I am saved and I accept Christ and now I'm ready to do it. So then, how do you get saved in horror? Do you yeah. just say, I'm saved? That's well, not going to work. So if we're, if we're, t- if we're speaking um, you know, doctrinally as, as, as what they taught uh-huh. us... If you are in fact saved, possession's off the table. You, that, just, that just can't wouldn't happen. happen. It can't Which, happen. Okay. Okay. All right. So if you're possessed, <clears throat> you're not saved. You're not saved. Okay. But and you said you were. But but so apparently you, not. You you might say it, but you have not really accepted it. Exactly. And so this gets oh. into the really tricky aspect of Protestant faith. Okay. Is and that though there is not that ritual and, and something to kind of point to and prove I've gone through these levels, it's kind of like easy at, at surface value. Like, oh, I say it and I got it. Okay. But did you? But did you? Well, and that's... This Are is you a, safe? This is a great point because wow. we start in the... That is terrifying. It's fearful. It's absolutely terrifying. It's fearful. And in the last exorcism, um, I, I don't know if we're going to go... Th- we don't want to go through the whole movie, but the last exorcism is is much like the original Exorcist, which it even references, a man, he's a preacher, he was a child preacher, which I want to talk to you about in a minute, um, but has clearly lost, in many ways, has lost his faith. And he starts off the movie basically saying, I can get these people to agree with anything. I will, watch me, I'll bet you $10, I will do a sermon about, what is it, banana bread, bread, and they'll, they'll, and he does it. Because yeah. he gets so, everyone riled up, and so... And then just kind of, you know... Spouts off a banana, banana bread, bread recipe. recipe, and they're like, amen, hallelujah. 
And so I guess is is that's interesting. To so me we have to say though. So let's 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 start just with a tiny synopsis because this movie doesn't start with a man who's trying to make fun of faith or no. anything. It's not that at all. No, no. So the last exorcism. 2010, it starts Patrick Fabian as Cotton Marcus, who's, who's awesome. like, who's awesome. So He's fantastic as, as the preacher. Uh, Ashley Bell as Nell, who is the young woman who also is, awesome, um, though. possessed. Uh, Caleb Landry Jones, who plays her brother. Who, oh, he just gives me the creeps. But I have to say, he's awesome in this movie. And you know who else is also in it? Denise Lee. Denise Lee. Dallas actress what, what? and Chanteuse. She Dallas plays Legend. the nurse. She's fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So, what happens is that he has been raised as a preacher. His father started training him when he was very young mm-hmm. uh, because there is an element of being a preacher that also you have to raise money for your church. And so you need like a gimmick. Yeah. You gotta have a gimmick, yeah. you know, like they do in Gypsy. And so he trains his son to be an exorcist and a preacher. And the kid, Cotton Marcus, has the talent for it. Absolutely. And so that's just how he grows up. He doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Right. And he begins to have to, to to be taken on these exorcisms with his father, and he conducts exorcisms. Um, and then he has a son. He gets married, and he has a son. And the son has a hearing problem. Yeah, uh, pretty severe, right? A pretty yeah. severe hearing yeah. disability, and is sick. Gets sick at some point, and by this point. He admits that he already was having doubts, that he kind of, you know, didn't know whether he believed all the hype about being... But he did it anyway. That's what he did. It yeah. was his job. And he felt like he was helping people. Right. If if he could help them... He to, was then, not a fraud. Then he was not a fraud. Yeah. Um, but when his son got sick and then got better, the doctors helped his son get better, he realized that he would, did not thank God. He thanked the doctors. Right. And that is when he began to have a crisis of faith. And it was also when he read an article about an, a young man in Harrisburg, Texas, I think it was, yeah. uh, who uh, was killed during, during an exorcism. Yeah. And th- that's when he started saying, this is wrong. Yeah. And so the whole documentary style movie stems from the fact that he wants to expose exorcism for what it is, right. which is a fraud. And just to be fair, he also mentioned, like, exorcism is not just a Catholic thing. Like, every tradition, and actually every religion, has a tradition. Yeah, and he talks about And that. he talks He's about like, it. like, the Catholics have the movies, so they get the... Yeah. Right, so everybody <laughs> thinks they do it, but... Um, and, yeah. And so like them like the exorcist the original you have a man of faith who has in many ways lost faith, right? Mm-hmm. Uh that's how Father Damien starts in the exorcist. Right. Uh so I guess yeah, um So he decides they get a letter. He says we're going to pick a letter from the pile and we're going to go to Louisiana right. and help this girl, this young mm-hmm. woman she's like 16, right? Yeah. Right, who's, because who's possessed. Yeah. And so I guess one thing I want to throw out, because we get to Louisiana. So when we deal with, like, Catholic movies, there are general things, like, we can expect, right? Um, uh, Like you said, the ritual, and then often you'll have the very austere Catholic church, and there's some cardinal they have to go talk to. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when we deal with with things like The Last Exorcism and and a lot lot of sort of Protestant-based horror we are often thrown into what I would say are, are almost like stereotypically Southern um, environments, right? right? Is that... 
do you think it, one is that are, are are Southerners portrayed unfairly in these right. types? Of, like, does as a as a as a good Southern gentleman, does that piss you off? Like this idea that whenever we're shown small, especially smaller sects of Protestantism, maybe not Southern Baptist or whatever, but that it's like often we see uneducated, right. isolated. Right. Those kinds of things. Is there truth in that? Is that just broad stereotype for a movie's sake? Or uh, it's it's a, it's a bit of both. I think it starts in in a real place, and then of course it is it is amped up. I will also say, and this is a big difference between Southern Baptists and then what you see in in the film, which they are Pentecostal. That is a very different uh, style of church and faith. Okay, like the focus of their faith is very different. So, can you explain to us? What and I don't know. If, I don't know if this is fair because I don't even know if you're Pentecostal. But I'm gonna just make a general assumption about Protestant heart. Is everybody Pentecostal? No. What is not Pentecostal? Pentecost. So the Pentecost uh-huh. is when the Holy Spirit like actualized with the disciples and the, the tongues of flame. Yes, head, yes. Like that is the Pentecost. So Pentecostal and um, you also hear charismatic. Yes, uh, yes, they're, yes. They're, they're not exactly the same, but they're they're very linked in their focus of spiritual gifts and a, very often those gifts are speaking in tongues. Oh, okay. So okay. this is your spirit spirit overwhelming you and you just talk and talk and talk and you don't even know what you're saying. You know, like Pentecostal tends to be even more fringe uh, between the two, between charismatic and Pentecostal. Okay. Pentecostal is where you're snake handling and, and that kind of stuff. Okay. Wow. So, we're so when you see when you shit. see like what they show in the film it's, I mean, for Pentecostal, that's it's going to be that kind of like okay. rousing, super interactive, and, and so yeah, what? Not what, what they show in the film when he's exercising the young woman? Oh, well, I was talking about like show. in the church, scenes. even when he's preaching, he's oh, like okay. walking up and down the aisle and can I get an amen and all that. That's not really the Baptist okay. thing. The Baptist is much more reserved, than, right? Than no situation. dancing. Yeah, no <laughs> dancing. It's one of, yeah, no one dancing of, ever. One of their signature uh, things is uh-huh. no dancing. But That's he, all I know. So, I mean, he, he talks about it and uh, that there is, and I, I think I wrote something down, um, the the uh, the performance aspect of being a preacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, Catholicism is, is so, like, Catholic Mass is so much theater, just like an ancient theater. Yeah. Like, we're going to put a dude in robes and he's going to have incense and this fucking choir is going to sing and you're going to cry maybe and you won't know why whereas like the theater of what we see in the movie is I mean you have a guy who's a hell of a performer which yeah. brings us which goes back to the banana bread thing where he's like he could say anything he's so good at it um is that I is that is it a trick I'm, I mean and I'm talking about both sides of it like are mm-hmm. we man it's just gonna piss everybody off <laughs> I mean is that are, do you think that is inherent in most religions that there has to be this performative aspect whether it's the ritualistic grandeur of Catholicism or the guy essentially doing an incredible monologue for 20 minutes yeah. like and I know you were a musician in in church, like yeah. So that's actually the thing I want to so, touch on. Well, so I will I will say this: I have known pastors and leaders who were not performative at all. They were okay. they were sincere. Um, they were very open people. They were teachers. Okay, and that's how they were on the pulpit. It's how they were in life. Uh-huh. Um, but <laughs> absolutely, there's a version of that. I mean, with any kind of public speaking, I guess. Right. Like, even the, like the performative aspect that happens for a, 
a senator or the president to to make a speech and get the it's the yeah, same yeah I remember thing. when we had a president yeah that actually could do but that no no yeah. that's, so that's right and so you you played music in church right? yes yeah so so now we get into the transition from. Baptist to evangelical, okay. non-denominational evangelical. Evangelical is okay. a very wide could, umbrella. I wish they could see Christie's in my face. I know. I'm I feel like, like I'm is, a, I've got a no, big chart. I, I, I think it's great. I'm learning so <laughs> much. Yeah, I feel like I'm back in school. So non-denominational evangelical, it's, it's it's pretty broad. The the core of what they believe is very similar, I think, to to Baptist, but it's a little looser. It's a little more like kind of mod and accessible. This is where your megachurches come in. Okay. okay. Most of them. There, You've got some Baptist megachurches, but most of those megachurches are going to be non-denominational evangelical. Okay. And I played in a, a band there. And so, talking about the performative aspect, it actually comes all the way back around to a modern version that is more akin to what you, how you're describing the, the Catholic side of things. It's not that it's ritualistic, but... I mean, they use fog machines and set pieces. Oh, shit. And we, we, you know, have sound check and we rehearse those songs and, like, it is... So it is part and, and of this part the of the thing. song, we will we will break and have prayer while the band continues to play. And so it's a very emotional kind of swelling thing. And that's, it is absolutely... Yeah. That's kind of, I mean... Lights that are... But, I mean, you know, like, none of this concert. is none of this is bad. I, no, I'm not... I mean... Not at all. No, no. <laughs> I, I know that that's not what we're saying, but it's like, you know, we're talking about performative aspect and when we when we talk about that immediately i mean maybe it's just me but immediately you know you get the picture of like the huckster or you get right, the picture of right. like you real know, people not actors i mean everyone's told that anything performative is false right, <laughs> right? and or you know that 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 is necessary on some level don't you think i mean don't I, we think it they're they're Using with a specific goal in mind, similar to what Cotton, you know, is doing. Like, if I get them there, if I get them to a place where they are better or where they feel, feel better, better. They, have, they have faith, then, even, yeah. you know, am I... I mean, is that a bad thing? Am I a charlatan for that? Or right. Is that, that's just my trade. Because, I mean, Cotton, that's the main character in the, or the preacher in the, in the movie, um, yeah, he sort of even says that. It's like, just because I don't necessarily believe this doesn't mean I'm not... Helping. helping people come to their own beliefs. F- facilitating yeah. people's, people's journey that, you know, um, they want to go on anyway. Yeah. That's... I. So, let me also throw throw this out then. Um, <laughs> this is totally... So, he started as a as a child preacher, right? Have you ever seen a child preacher? I have, I have never seen a child preacher. Oh, right. So, again, <laughs> yeah. again the, my, my Baptist thing, that wasn't... So I, I think that kind of existed, but not in my. Not so this is I like a, this is a gross presumption on our part, Michael. Oh yeah, that we were like, like, oh, he's, he's Ian's going to be able to talk about like child teachers because yeah. they're all the same. Now, right, we're just as bad. What, we're what I will say though, there is absolutely a legacy aspect, and that is something that I I saw all through. Meaning from like uh, father to son, absolutely. Okay, there was a very common thing that a son, if they have multiple sons. Hopefully, most of them, but at least one of them would follow. In the min- they were going to go into the ministry. Okay, and, and that is what we see. Yeah. Or a that is what we see in this movie. Yeah, that is absolutely yes. what we see in this movie. So that part of it, I took, yeah, extremely common. Okay, um, the I mean, not to give away everything in the movie the, again. Much like The Exorcist, this actually though is sorry a sort of a story of a man coming back to the <clears> faith. <throat> you know, Damien has a moment 
at the very end of The Exorcist, mm-hmm. where he kind of believes again, mm-hmm. and Cotton sort of goes on that, takes him a long time, but, right. you know... Um, but it takes him a... I mean, he comes back to it. Let's be honest. He comes back to us because he's scared shitless. Yes. And yes. And is faced with... Some real <laughs> shit. I mean, like... Yeah. Much the, like... The irrefutable... Yes. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? Much like Damien. Yeah. Father Damien. I know it gets weird right. because Damien is the, also the Antichrist. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I also love this idea. I'm always like, man... These movies are sometimes oddly pro... We talk about this a lot, that they're sort of oddly pro-religious. Um, I don't even know if that's <clears throat> on purpose. So, I, I agree with you, but what I what I see as a, as a kind of th- unifying thread with, with a lot of them is, is really about community. About keeping your community. Okay. And when you leave that community, when you're... Lo- that, can, that may look like a crisis of faith, whatever, but like in The Witch... His hubris of saying, "Right, I don't need. I don't need, I don't need you. you. I, am, I am more right than you. Right. That is the warning. Right. You, you, when you leave that community aspect, when you this kind of brotherhood of mankind, that's the danger. And that's do, you, do danger. we okay. think that that's what Cotton is doing? It's it's not necessarily him going. I'm leaving, or I am more right than. Well, no, it is kind of. It, it, he kind of does say, I am more right than they are yeah, yeah. because I'm going to prove to them yep. that exorcism is fucking bullshit. His downfall yeah. is that he's, he's, he's so rooted in his own experience as opposed to how, because he was raised in it and he was raised to be a, kind right. of play this game. Uh-huh. Right. So he thinks that's all of it. Yes. Right. Not accepting the idea that maybe there is something, something and maybe it's bigger it. than Yeah, him. and he has and he is a part of that community. And and while he's still he's from what he's from Baton Rouge yeah. in the yeah. movie, uh-huh. which is not a huge town, but is a you know, it's a major city. Yeah. Um casinos and whatnot. Uh he ha- he, he I think one of the cl- cleverest things in the movie, either that he does as an actor or the drag I don't know who came to it, is there is a cut of him preaching. And he sounds like the most southern, you know, like, yeah, you got to believe yep. and everything. And then they cut to him being interviewed and he absolutely yeah. has he, no Yeah, he based accent. his performance on Jimmy Swaggart. Perfect. He based his performance on Jimmy Swaggart and on Burt Lancaster and Elmer Gentry. That's what he did. That's what he did. Yeah. And so he is clearly, he, I think, Cotton, if he has hubris, he... He believes he is smarter than the people he's oh, absolutely. absolutely. talking to. There's something really interesting, too, about it being set in Louisiana, because Louisiana is such, like, a nexus of so many traditions. Right. So, you know, if it is a place where we've had Catholics, mm-hmm. where we have voodoo, where we have hoodoo, where we have Protestantism, it's just kind of like a crossroads of so many different traditions mm-hmm. that kind of all mesh together, yeah. which is the thing that um, is is why at the end it's so kind of like, holy, holy shit. fuck. Yeah. Right? What is happening? And you also have a, a state, and I, I love Louisiana, but I mean, they talk about it in the movie, like you have, you have a level of poverty that in many ways has split communities off yeah. from each other. Right. Right? You only have your very localized community to mm-hmm. rely on. And so as a guy, even from Baton Rouge, which is not New Orleans, I mean, it's smaller than that, but going sort of like deeper into Louisiana, you see, you know, what is it? He has that one line that's great. He's like, if you bring up five, if you ask five people about 
possession stories, you'll get ten possession stories. Right. Yeah. And as they go like deeper and deeper, it's like there's an alien that landed there, there's this and that. <laughs> While she's talking about possession story, he goes, Now where is the UFO landing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that's, yeah. that's gonna be over there. Uh, but you do have these isolates. sorry, go ahead. No no no, I, I was just gonna talk that that's funny that he talks about that you'll get ten possession stories. Like even even in Texas it's not like that uh, extreme poverty Louisiana like what's depicted in the film, but where I was from and the, and the church culture that I was raised in, yeah, I mean, we, there were spiritual warfare stories swapped all the time, which, ma- which made it all the more terrifying. So going back to this idea of like, we don't have the ritual, you only have your faith, right? you only have whether you ha- have actually done it or not. Like, have you really you? actually done it? Yeah. So, but, and then we would have leaders and, and fellow people our own at kids our own age that would that would share stories of personal experiences and I think they're experiencing the same thing that kids do with ghosts but they've been taught demons are real demons are vying for your soul and it is there's that, a that, war that angels and demons are a constant battle for for you okay that's crazy okay that is a constant kind of idea for Man, this is this is, this is this is very intense and this is like a good time for us to take a tiny break sure. so that you can go get some tacos or to go watch <laughs> the last exorcism because when we come back we're going to talk in detail because i have some questions about, that will spoil the end that will spoil the end so we're going to take a break going to talk in detail about the movie, so I hope you've seen it, um, and you've also got a nice plate of tacos in front of you or whatever. So, all right. So, a little while ago, Michael, you said that these movies are oddly pro-church, right? And I want to make an argument that The Last Exorcism, maybe it's not, you know, because we get, the, the, the whole premise is that the little girl is, Nell is Possessed, possessed, right? And he, Cotton, is going to come and disprove the the possession, right. right? And fool them or whatever. So he does one exorcism, and he gets paid and whatever, whatever. He, and it's it's phony. I mean, and it it's is phony. phony. It's a he's, it's a total props setup, and, yeah. right? Um, and then he gets called back because suddenly Nell appears in his hotel room, and it's crazy, yeah. and he has to go back. And so we find out digging and digging and digging. And, and, and throughout the movie, they meet people from the, com- the church in the community, the f- right? And it's, the, family, the family has even cut themselves off from the from church. The church. The, right. church oh, yeah. the church in their minds was not churchy, churchy enough. enough. Is that yeah, fair? It or was not churchy Theologically enough. 
rigid. Yeah, because right. they, they played like they played non-religious music and and right. Yeah, so and they have even cut themselves off from the right. church. It's also important to say that the father, most of uh, the father, is grieving over the loss of his wife. Yes, who yes, died, she died of cancer. She died of cancer, and so he's in that. You know, the thing that horror movies do, where it's like you're in a place of vulnerability, right? And when you're vulnerable, is when demons, demons can get in. Yeah, so don't um, be vulnerable. Ian, don't be ever. vulnerable ever. <laughs> Uh, so he begins to uncover all of these things and they, th- through a course of, of certain events, they find out that Nell is pregnant. Yes. That she is not a virgin. Right. And, uh, so in one of these final possession scenes, the one where she does this crazy fucking backbend. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's badass. She was, it is badass. And you know, like she actually did yeah. that. Yeah. Is that is, right? Yeah. She is, uh. She's a graduate of the Tisch School of Arts yeah. in New York, but she also got cast because she's got hypermobility, which is like a weird uh, okay. looseness of yeah. the joints. So I'm sure she like threw that down in the audition room, and sure. they were like, "She's cast." Yeah. Anyway, good for her. Yeah. So they find out she's pregnant, and Cotton begins to uncover, like, "Oh, you're. This is just an act because you are afraid." To admit that you have had sex. Right. Right? And it's the very famous scene where she goes, would you like a blowing job? Yeah. And that was the clue for him where he goes like, you don't even know what a blow job is. And a demon would know what a blow job is. Clearly. I mean, come on. Why would a demon know what a blow job is? I don't understand. (laughs) I think because demons know everything. Well, I mean, they so, (laughs) you know, I mean, they walk, they walk the earth. They walk the earth. Invisibly. Invisibly. So they they, would know. They would know know that it's called a blow job. Okay, Okay. anyway, so what I'm getting at is that they think they have finally solved the thing where it's like, she's just acting. Right. And he feels justified in what he has done in uncovering the truth. Only to find out that there's another lie being told. Right. And that there is a Satan cult. Yes. That exists in, in the, the town, town. Run by. Run by. The pastor. The pastor, pastor. that the family cut themselves off So this from. is where you could argue that actually it's not pro-church, right? Right. And that the past, so in some ways it's. Maybe goes back to the idea of pro personal belief and faith versus the the, sure, the, the, yep. the, the big congregation the, or whatever. And yeah. I have to say that that I've seen a whole hell of a horror movies just like you two have, and I I, I that was a twist. I did me. not call that. I didn't see it coming. No, the first time I saw the movie, I did not call that at all. Um, so is that? Uh, do you think that is that sort of the argument you're making? Because that's maybe more. It's like it might be pro, like your own belief. Not like church isn't necessarily the answer. Faith is an answer. Faith is an answer, but it's not about. But it's not about the church. The church. church, because yeah. in the end, you have cotton. Because we already said we could spoil. Yeah, them, right? we're spoiling. You have cotton who was who had lost faith, and then I think. In a moment of sacrifice, like Father Damien, yeah. regains his faith. I mean, he picks well, up his Bible. You know, even arguably has faith for the her. first time. Yeah. Yes, yes. he was right. raised knowing that this was that you know Oz was behind the curtain, right? Gears, and this, and this is a moment, is a, and he marches into a fire essentially to try to save this girl, because and he starts speaking lady. Latin again. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite lines is, "Oh, you don't speak Latin." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such a dick move. He's such a dick. But at the same time, you have the father. Who is hard, like hardcore, right? Like church isn't even churchy enough. He also has been 
true to himself the mm-hmm. whole time yep. because he is not a part of this. Right. He's tied up and bound. Yep. His fucking evil fucking son, son is part of it. Played by evil fucking Caleb Landry Jones. Native of Garland, He's Texas. Evil. Which He's is evil. right down the street from where we live. Garland's evil. Garland is evil. <laughs> Sorry, Lulu Ward. Sorry. Um, uh, the son is part of it. The preacher for the larger church, the woman who works with him. But yeah, the, so you have the, the faithless in cotton. You have the father who is, I mean, the super boo- Yeah, like hyper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they actually are both, they are both good, have been good men the whole time. Right. Um, it, yeah, that is it. So faith is an answer, but religion or how would you even, is that it's, what you it's just the, that you, it's not reliant upon religion and ritual. And, and in fact, ritual is frightening. And that's what, that's kind of one of the things I was going to talk about again with the horror, uh, aspect for, um, God, I'm losing words. Protestants. Protestant is the word that I couldn't find. Yeah, no, it's all right. Uh, for Protestants, is that because there's a demon inside oh, right. you? Get out! <laughs> um, <laughs> is that because it's not based in ritual? Because it is this personal relationship and personal experience. The idea of ritual is is, fri- is frightening, and including Catholic ritual. Of course, and we were taught that that was not that Catholics. Didn't have it. Oh, I know. I, I mean, I. That's one thing I know. Believe yeah. me, being we uh, might as well be pagans. Yeah, and yeah. being being a, a child of Yankees, having grown up in the South, and, and being really one of very few Catholic families uh, where I grew up. That was that was oddly made very. Oh clear yeah. To when us. I went to Texas A&M University, so I moved to College Station from South Texas, and I remember I don't know having a conversation with someone, and I and and someone asked me if I was Christian, and I said. Yes, I mean, I was raised Catholic, and they were like, that's not Christian. Yep. You're not Christian. I was like, but I believe in Christ. And they're like, yeah, but you're Catholic. Right. And you yeah. also believe in right. the Virgin Mary and all that yeah, all kind these of other stuff. Things. I mean, and it's always... It was it, a surprise to me. Yeah, me too. And, and then I got real used to it. And it's interesting. And, and then and I punched her. Boom. <laughs> but it is, it's interesting to me how... Uh, and this is probably... I mean, wait, we don't need to get all into this. But how each sort of new thing will devour, try to devour the thing that came before it. I mean, how many Catholics you have that are anti-Semitic. And it's like, but we just stole your fuck... We stole your book. Yeah. And then wrote a wrote sequel, sequel. <laughs> and then told you you were wrong. Like it's, and then pro, you know, yeah. and Luther had some arguments. So the, yeah, yeah like, Luther was the starting point, right? Yeah. Where he's like, "You're." It's not about the ritual, even right. though they have their own kind of. Form, but that was the that was the starting point. Yeah. Like, These will not save you. And then it just came. And then it went. Then it yeah. snowballed. Like but it's interesting then that Cotton then in the final moment beholds a ritual, a satanic or whatever they would call it. But mm-hmm. it does and. And it is it other. Is, it, it is, is yeah. scary. It is It is scary because yeah. then it turns out that Nell is indeed pregnant, but she's pregnant with a thing. Yep. She's Yeah, not, yeah, that thing she's is not, not... She's not pregnant with a baby. It's, right. It's, uh, it's something. It is like a... She's pregnant with a colon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's what it looks it's like. It's real weird. It, it it's a really weird prop. Um, and then also you have the aspect at the end, I know I'm jumping around now, that Nell... In some ways, was a prophet because she has seen the end. Yep, making art that yeah. she has selected. So I wonder, movie. like, I, I, you know, I I ask myself this every time I watch the movie because I've seen it a few times now, knowing that we were going to talk about it. Is was she, was she in on it the whole time? Does she cut Caleb's face because 
because she knows who that Caleb, her brother, is involved. Who the whole movie, Caleb has making the argument of like, don't hurt my sister. And we think it's because he's a good brother. And some can argue that he is. But right. what's really happening is that she's carrying... And they need this baby. They need this baby. They need baby. this colon demon baby to They come need the turn. colon demon baby to bring Abilam yeah. to life or yeah. whatever, which is supposedly the demon that she is yeah. possessed with. Right. Um, yeah. I, so does she know? I, is she aware of it the whole time? Who fucked her? Like, who did she have sex with for this baby? Or to, the, I think the demon. Or the demon. The yeah. demon it's, it's, it's the It's the bizarro immaculate conception. Aha. So and she is actually a virgin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so she is... Okay, that's... Yeah, that's a great point. It's the it's the flip of that. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, this is unrelated to that. Her breaking her own fingers is Ooh. one of the first times in years where I was like, I can't watch this. I thought that was super movie. clever. I thought that oh, was, I thought that was a really clever thing where he yeah. says, I'll make a deal with you. If you can shut up for 10 seconds, I'll let her go. And he's like, okay. And then he breaks her fingers counting to ten. And, it, and, and he, he makes three. it to three. Yeah. And I was like, I only made it to one. Yeah. I was right. like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. Thank you. You just blew the thing off the charts, Michael. Oh, I'm sorry. Screen. No, that's I'm okay. Sorry. John will fix it in post. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about, I know we're running out of time. And okay. we've gotten, we've gone down this like last exorcism, which I love. I love yeah, this great movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did want to hear a little bit, and you said something a little while ago that kind of like made me go, you said something about the, the oh, now I forgot what you said, but it was about the the first generation devouring. Oh, the yeah, the, the, every, every new thing sort of tries to devour the thing it came from. Right. So that made me think of hereditary. Great. And why is it called hereditary? Okay. And why did, what is it that you saw in that film, and, Ian, that Michael and I are did, missing? And let, let's just, give, I mean, this was weeks and weeks ago, but one thing we did bring up, even when we realized, like, a lot of other people really like this and we don't, is there is this, while it might not be Protestant horror, I made air quotes, um, there is very much, time. there is very much a, a, a wasp, sure. I don't know if that yeah. word is even nice to say, but there is a, <laughs> A wasp I aspect all the time. to it. There is a. There is clearly a sort of. We are the prototypical detached white Anglo-Saxon Protestant family, yeah. right. which is very different than how Christy and I were raised. Sure. Right. And you had said, I think, it, when we were just talking about it, that that actually is one of the things that connected you to the movie immediately. Totally. Um, because there's fear already, and I think again, that's that's why hereditary. That's why this, the center point is this family and that is what is breeding and allowing for this like evil to slip in there um because it's the sign you had made a comment like i, I couldn't latch on to anybody right and it's like that that's what was so unnerving is that you kept as a as a viewer i kept going like well will you nope <laughs> so it's, it's just the it's it's all the it's all the unsaid Expectation. There's a certain amount of they are not southern at all. Right. But there's there's that kind of like old southern respectability thing of like it's important to not talk about things because we have to maintain honor and respect and civility. Yeah. Right. So that you don't discuss. Things. And is that? I mean, this is a horrifically general statement. Um, but it's funny because we also brought up August Osage County, which is right. very southern mm-hmm. and hereditary, sort of mm-hmm. remind us, and neither of us like that play. Right. But um, 
again, horrifically general, but is there, is that part of, do you think that is more part of a traditional upbringing, sort of a lost family that like, we don't, we don't talk about these things. We don't engage. Yes. So I, okay. I, my, my bringing does not, my family did not look like theirs in hereditary, but there is a thread of this thing of not right. talking about right. feelings, not talking about problems because right. addressing them makes them real. Okay. See, and I was talking to a friend of mine last night who came over to the house who also loved Hereditary, and he was making these same points. And he is also... He is white, (laughs) and he was brought up Baptist. Okay. And, you know, there are certain things in his family that they have not talked about in years and years and years and years that are now beginning to be addressed. Okay. And, uh, And so he brought up all these points about, like, if you notice, when she's in the in the group session, she talks about she had a brother, a brother who who caused her, her mother no end of grief, mm-hmm. right? But we never learn about the brother. We just hear snippets, mm-hmm. right? And that's all she can say in group, right? So there's 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 the the the, the matriarch who dies at the beginning of the movie who had a son and a daughter, right? We don't know what has happened to that brother. Okay. We don't know what's happened. All we know is that he caused no end of grief. Right. And then the daughter has a daughter and a son. Okay. You know? And he was able to make those connections in that way where it was like terror. It was terrifying to to him. him. It was like, why don't we talk about the brother? Okay. There's, we hear snippets of things and Ian is like. It's it's an embarrassment. Um, it, that, the pain will exist if you talk about it. If we don't talk about it, there doesn't have to be pain. Wow. We are not going to go through this. We are not going to put our family through this, even though it's real and it, you already are through it. Sure. We're not going to put talking about it. We're not going to put us through that. And so and so, th- th- this gets into the power of words. Words are threatening. Words are dangerous. And that's, they have word. it's like the words written on the wall. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and the, I don't know what language this is. It's just words. Right. I think that's what that is getting into is... What is left unsaid, what is you don't even know what it is, and the words will hurt you. Wow, that and is they are ex- they are threatening on a very real visceral level. And then the thing this the whole thing fascinating. The whole thing with the mother and this like bananas what? She's in some kind of crazy right. demonic cult. <clears throat> I think that is more of an illusion of like family secrets. Mm-hmm. Okay. And because I have experienced that myself, like things with grandparents that I didn't know about until like a couple of years ago that were kind of massive things. And it just was never spoken of? Not talk about it. They don't know that I know. Okay. That's so crazy. Um, and so that's what, to me, that is, is like, we didn't talk about it. That was her thing. That was mom's those are, thing. Those are grandma's friends. Yep. And she so keeps her books. She puts them in the box. box. And then she's dead and they're gone. That's really, but like, it's not because that's how. Family of course, works. that's how family, because it is hereditary. And because whether you know it or not, the shit that no one talks about gets passed on. Absolutely. So that's and the fear of it. That. Gets that's really, passed on. and like so to me, like if you talk about family drama, even outside of horror, horror, um, yeah, um, sorry, um, <laughs> it's like you you often have these like we will go to the dinner table. Like classic dinner table scene. This yeah. is a, a trope in in so I mean every everything. Of course. And so hereditary those dinner scenes like again have that kind of like we're not going to talk and then someone will blow up or whatever. And I'm like 
that I think is where the detachment for me comes. Like yeah. I've literally been yelled at by my aunt, like across a table yeah. at dinner, like probably a hundred times for some shit I may or may not yeah. have done. I have had, you're in the book of the dead. I'm never talking to you again. Right. Yelled at me. Right. Like it's just. Stop laughing. Eat your food. Stop laughing. Eat your food. I know you don't like squid. Fucking eat the calamari. Right. never say fucking, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like. Well, that's what there is. If you don't like yeah, it, I guess you don't eat. eat. Everyone's like, their hands are crazy. So like right. those scenes, and that's maybe my own shortcoming as an audience member or just an inability to, I just couldn't connect. And obviously this seems to be a massive point of connection for you and Christy, for your other friend that you were talking right. to. Well, yeah. And a couple of things I want to point out visually, uh, towards the end you get a, is when you get a full look, she's got her models all over the place mm-hmm. and some of them are model houses. Like they have, yeah. right, right. she has her house out there, like in the living room. Yeah. Right. But there's that one that they get a real close up shot and you don't really know what's going on. And then towards the end, you see it from all the way back and it is house built on house, built on house, built on house, built on house. And right. on the faraway shot, it looks alive. It looks like some kind of monster. And I think that is a very clear statement of these secrets we build on secrets. Wow, and this is where the hey, listen, now it's a monster. Look, and I want I want to say that I feel like the 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 film is a technical and visual achievement. Absolutely, like it's stylistically sure. brilliant. But I think I'm going to have to go back and watch it, yeah. knowing all the of thing, these, at least these thinking things. about that. And I mean, yeah. um, I don't know that I will change like all of a sudden wake up and be like, I love it. Yeah. But no, I mean, clearly there are there are these which is I mean one of the reasons we wanted right. to hang out with you. But, um, I mean, and on top of that, Tony Collette is... She's incredible. No, but, you know, it is totally fair. Like, I watch movies where, like, there's a Mexican family and they bring a white guy to dinner. And the white guy is astounded because the Mexican family at the dinner table is just like, woohoo, you know, whatever. And I'll get mad and I'll be like, oh, we're not like that. And then inside my head, I'm like, oh, we are. I, I, I have that relationship with the movie Moonstruck. Everybody loves Moonstruck. I, I love get it. Of course. Moonstruck. It's a great movie. There's part of me that's just like, oh, fuck off. And then the other part of me is like, yeah, shit. That's it. You know, I mean, it's uh, yeah. it's it's when you're sort of forced to see the thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I have that relationship with Fool's Russian. Right. That makes sense. Where it's like, it's not true. Not all the cousins are at the house on and Sunday. Like, and then you're like, yeah, all the cousins, all the are, at the cousins are at the house. Um, so, I mean, I, that, that is then, I guess, at least part of the power of, of hereditary, the effectiveness of it. Um, and I do, I, I do think it obviously warrants. Also, you know, we did, we saw it and then just You know what it. else I think did not, and my friend mentioned this last night. He said, I don't think you did yourself any favors. He goes, did you watch it at Alamo? And I said, yes. He goes, did you see the interview before? Well, yes. Talking said, about yes, and we were talking about the interview. And he said, I don't think you did yourself any favors because, and we talked a little bit about how he mentions that The Shining is a comedy. Yeah, he comes right? off as, I'm, he yeah, comes off as arrogant as fuck. He, he, he does. Lit. No, he totally does. Yeah, and, and maybe rightfully so. And my but. friend said, that comment about The Shining was offensive to me. Yes. And I said it was offensive to me too. So I feel like maybe, I don't know, subconsciously, yeah. I listened to what he was saying in the interview, which was like, I'm not really making a movie. I'm just taking all the shit I love from movies yeah. that I that I think are awesome, right? Because I'm a film school major <laughs> and putting a movie together, right? So, so immediately we're kind of not in a place, yeah, to yeah maybe, fully right? I mean, and then I was, I mean, and he talks about Carrie, and then it's very obvious when the Carrie references mm-hmm. come, yeah. Um, I mean, I and I do again. You said it's it's obviously the guys are really. We said that even originally. He's a very talented filmmaker, yeah. And I will rewatch it. I don't. 
there are certain things, regardless of me connecting. The walnuts. No, I, I'll never. I'll never. I'll never come to talk to me about this. Okay, so she knows about her nut allergy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think this. I think this plays into. I mean, it's really heavy-handed the presentation of it. But I think that is about again uh, respectability. We're not going to say this is a this is a problem and it is embarrassing to us. So yeah, we're not going to bring that thing everywhere. You need to avoid nuts. Okay. Okay. That's right. interesting. So That's then, in- she, and she doesn't avoid them, even though she no, really. knows yeah. very well. She goes to a teen party where they're very invested in chopping yeah. nuts for a chocolate cake. <laughs> and then she eats the cake with nuts in it. Yeah. And yeah. do you think that that is, do you think that that's like a passive aggressive thing on Charlie's part? Uh, no, I don't think she, I don't think she was focused enough to even be, to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I look again, I, I think, I think there are, there are a couple of, and this is ev- almost every movie. It's not fair just to say it happens in hereditary. I mean, I do think there are huge, I think there are significant writing flaws in the film. Sure. I think filmmaking, directorially, this dude is legit. Right. I think there are huge writing flaws. The fact that that cake is even at that party is absurd. It's a, it's the a fact problem that the, to me. The fact that the brother takes her is... is I rem- Okay, so I remember you guys talking about <laughs> that. I'm like, no, I see it. I get it. You Why he takes her? Yeah, talk yep. about it. I think that is, again, about, about expectation and that quiet... That exchange she has with his mom that really kind of riled you guys up, yeah. right? But he's like, does she want to go? Right. He is saying, I don't want to do this, but I'm not going to say, I don't want to take it. Okay. I cannot say that. So he just has to acquiesce to it. That's so crazy to me. That's crazy. Um, all right. Now I got to, re- I mean, I'm hey, re-watch hey it. we're growing. We're, we're learning. Growing, yeah. <laughs> we're learning things. And that's what this podcast is it's all, all about. about. Yeah. Um, fine. I mean, I know we're getting time-wise. Uh-huh. I, on, go back to sort of the grand... The grand set because we did also watch Children of the Corn. Yeah, want, yeah. So we want to talk a tiny bit about <laughs> Children like, of the Corn. Do you? Um, and this kind of goes back to this idea of stereotypes that we were talking about. It's funny to me because these are almost thinking if we're dealing with sort of Protestant <clears throat> Protestant horror on the whole. We need another episode. Yeah, because but but you have these. It's so funny because Hereditary versus. Uh, Children of the Corn or Last Exorcism is the extremes of those uh-huh. that, yeah. that that somehow that I don't want to say not faith but that I mean it's such a huge part of our population is truly both extremes. You have the stereotypical Southern uneducated; they were homeschooled and they don't know nothing about learning. Yeah. Um, versus we are rich, we are smarter than you. We went to Ivy League schools. And at the end of the day, still no one talks to each other about what the fuck and is going grandma on. And grandma was part of a fucking occult. And grandma was part of a fucking cult. Um, so that is interesting. And then we've to got me. Children of the Corn, which is like Midwest. Midwest, yeah, right. And, 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 and yeah, way and over then, the top. Yeah. We watched this movie together, audience members, and uh, we had a very fun time making a, fun we, of it. We had, <laughs> fun time making fun of the movie. It does not hold up. No, not at uh, all. It's got a very young... But one scene held up. Which one? The diner at the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, that, that's the best <laughs> scene. it's all downhill. I think, like, you could just Peach go, Lee. the end? The end. Right there. <laughs> it was a brilliant short it was, film. It was a brilliant short film. But then after that, once enter Linda Hamilton and Peter Horton, I just oh, don't buy it anymore. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? What'd you think about that? As a Baptist person, Ian, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> well, that's—I mean, God—they were. So, I mean, those did not resemble 
that was written by or directed by whoever it was that made those decisions, somebody who had driven through those states. They had the perspective of the the asshole doctor. Yeah. Right? Like whoever wrote it had his perspective that, on it. I would like, need to go back. I don't know. There's some dumb bozo. I would, need to, go, I would need to go back. Part of, part of that might be on King, y'all. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, he... I. Hey, I idolize that man, but like he is very. Uh-huh. I'm from Maine, you fuckers. <laughs> right, you with your fucking corn. But he's written, but he's written southern characters that, that are, are sharp. Yes, yeah. And I do so think. I mean, the, about, the the leader, the protagonist, the big hero of the stand is from Texas. Is a, is from Texas? Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. And the, even the the and the, and woman, the woman is the from woman. from the Midwest. It's from Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I do. I, and this, yeah, this is it's a poorly so then made do, film. So then, do we feel like *Children of the Corn* is an attempt uh, at the hubris of the of the Ivy League, League educated elite? And and does it work because the children portrayed in the film are? I mean, it's it's terrible. Yeah. So does it does it succeed in your opinion? Um, it's hard for me because this was actually my first time seeing *Children of the Corn*, so Ooh, I wasn't bu- sorry, I wasn't building on a. Uh, you know, with the, my, a memory of it. You got off. So, <laughs> you got, got, got so hard by Children of the Corn. Um, so it's hard for me to say it succeeds, but I do think on, on the level that you're talking about, yeah, I do think that's the idea. Is that I mean, he does come off as a dick. Like, yeah, like none of us were like, no, no, he's right, <laughs> right. Yeah, he is kind of insufferable. Yes, to everybody the whole time. Because he's like complaining to the kid, like. Go faster! Wait, <laughs> wait, how do I do this? Well, give it to me. Yeah. I'll do it. Like, it's just, so maybe yeah, it's a, a, a comment on that type of... I think um, it just had two like extreme over the top. There's not really any like good people. No. <laughs> no. no, there aren't. Like, and, you know, we've, we've seen some really good child actors this past few weeks, but the child actors in <laughs> Children of the Corn no. are terrible. Different, I, different I, era. I, I want to put the two child actors... In Children of the Corn, in a cage match with the two child actors from Veronica, oh, and man. watch the carnage. Yeah, like I just want to give them like scenes. I love that. Of course, the two child actors from Children of the Corn are probably my age now. By now, but, um, yeah. If I could go back in time yeah. and do that, I would. Yeah, do. they just hadn't figured it out in the eighties. Maybe I don't know, but that's not true because the kid and the kids in The Shining are good. It's just a yeah. shitty movie, right. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I hate to admit it because I loved it so much. I'll tell you what we did get from Children of the corn we got courtney gaines yes i love courtney gaines courtney gaines plays malachi oh oh, sure who you know he's just one of those weirdo actors he's in can't buy me love he's in can't buy me love you threw shit at my house or whatever Uh, and he's done other things he's really funny in the burbs which i love that movie but we also got linda hamilton even though she's terrible in this movie yeah she would go on to be super badass yeah she goes on to be what's her name in the terminator um yes sarah connor sarah connor uh any parting i don't know what else uh i mean anything else you want to say about any of these movies ian lord Damn it! Oh man, I'm you know, so on this. No, no, you know, I, I mean, no, I, whatever. No, it's been. Do, I, I guess you know. Do you think? My final question. Mm-hmm. Um, because like Catholic horror continues to be just so prevalent. Do you? I guess this is my final question. Is there a reason? I mean, we have great movies like The Last Exorcism. I think Hereditary is a different thing. Yeah. But do you? Is there a reason that sort of Catholicism is the the almost default. Like we need a possession movie, we need a ghost house, a haunted house movie. We need this. 
is there a do you think there's a reason it it defaults to Catholicism? Maybe brand recognition. Brand recognition. Yeah, I, I think ch- church person or not church person, you know you, that you have some kind of idea. Okay. Of Catholic Catholicness. Okay. Right? It's, even if it's false, it's you have a creepy. picture. You have a picture. But even that's even was clear. Like you clearly know more about like what we did at church than what you, you know, did, than I mean, we know what you did at church. church. I was right. like, wait, you did what now? Um, <laughs> but you know, like. That's a priest. These are things that happen. Yeah. Okay. That makes total sense. Cool. Um, Great. So I just I just want to say you before we start talking about other stuff and next week and stuff that we want Ian to talk about. I just want to say you guys go watch Last Exorcism 2010. Uh, It's a really 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 good uh, film. The acting is fantastic. And for one of these movies that's like found footage, I think it's like at the top of the pile of the found footage uh, movies. Uh, go watch Children of the Corn for fun. It's one of those movies where you can watch in a group and make fun of it and yeah. drink a lot every time there's corn. Uh, <laughs> you'll have a great time. Yes, you will. And I think I'm going to watch Hereditary I will again. watch Hereditary yeah. again as well. And, and between Ian and your friend and then that email we got, we've had some... Right. I, again, I don't think I'm going to wake up and, and agree that it's the best movie ever made, but I do think... No, but I think there's other... need to give it yeah, another shot. I think I'll be interested to see what you can mine out of it. Yeah. Right. Um, um, so talk about what's going on in your life right now. To, uh, feel free to so, plug anything. Yeah. So uh, the two things... I just finished recording an album with my band. My wife and I have a band called Veteran Children. Um, which has nothing to do with the military. Yes. It's the idea that it's like vet- adults are actually just veteran children. I don't think there's a moment where you're like, oh, that. I'm grown up. I got that. I did too. All, all the best ones do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but sometimes they get like, oh, is it about the military? No, it's not about that. Anyway, uh, so we just recorded an album. Um, I We'll have to get into mixing and mastering, so I'm not sure exactly when it's going to be available. Um, this, we is have the, a f- this is the first studio album. The first, this is, yeah, this That's will be awesome. our debut That's album. Very excited about it. Um, we have a Facebook page with almost nothing on it. But <laughs> go on there and give it a like. We'll once once things are rolling, we'll start certainly plugging things there. If you have interest in checking us out, uh, and then I don't know. What else can I say? Yeah, I mean, you got an album. That's pretty rock star. Yeah, that's good. We'll just leave that's, it at that. That's yeah, pretty that's pretty great. Um, uh, he's very modest. He's also going to start rehearsals for a musical at Theater 3 here in Dallas called Once, very famous musical, and he's the dude. Yeah, um, right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's and it. So, huge thank you to you, Ian Ferguson. Uh, thanks to Jim John Make Noise, as always. Yeah, thank you to... I'm not going to say... Really, thank you. They didn't give us free tacos, but, <laughs> but uh, El Atoron, uh, Taqueria y Torteria, Mexico City style in Dallas. Uh, these taco places don't give us any money. We just really love tacos, y'all. Uh, so go follow us on Twitter. Facebook, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Thank you to our listeners in Guam. Guam. What? Crazy. Yeah, we got and, one. Uh, <laughs> and one listener in Canada. Yeah. We got to start somewhere. Uh. So thank you so much. And um, we'll see you next time on Terra and Tacos. Bye. Bye.